Why don't we give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise right now? Jesus is here. I said Jesus is here. And when Jesus is here, anything can happen. What a great day for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What a great day to be buried in the only saving name, Jesus, in water. What a great day to be healed of your body. Jesus is alive and well. I said, Jesus is alive and well. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. And it's great to be in the house of God on this Sunday morning. Uh, lately, I'm not going to church on Sunday morning because Abundant Life Church, that's my daytime job. Um, pastoring there for over 17 years, and we have sold our building, and so we are renting um, a church that uh, we have to have afternoon service. In fact, uh, Pastor Joel had texted me asking me if I could come, and I said, no, I've been gone too much. I can't do it. And a few minutes later, it dawned on me, oh, I can, because I don't have church till 2 o'clock. So uh, it's great to be here on a Sunday morning. Of course, we love Antioch. And the leadership that's here, God bless all of you. Pastor Joel, as he stated, has preached for us uh, in the last six months a couple times, just a word of the Lord for us as a congregation. Pastor David Wright was with us a few weeks ago for our graduation. The bishop's supposed to be there next Sunday. So uh, we are covered right. <laughs> Praise God. And I tell you what. Uh, it is a blessing to have such wonderful uh, leadership. Thank you, Brother Bickley, for your kindness, um, hospitality. Great to see Brother Mont, Brother Evans, and uh, Brother Whaley back there. My amen corner. Amen. Praise God. Are you glad to be in the house of God? You've made the effort to come. You might as well set aside the distractions and let's let the Holy Ghost talk to us in this house. Hallelujah. Let's pray with one another right now. Let's agree by the power that's in the name of Jesus and the authority that's in the word of God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd anoint my mind, that you'd anoint the, the, the ears of your hearers, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would do what it's set out to do. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we trust you and we thank you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Let's look at a scripture here before we're seated. Matthew 9. Matthew 9. And I'm going to read verse 16 and 17 in your hearing. If you're a guest here at Antioch, I welcome you as a guest. And uh, let's see what the Lord will do for all of us here today. Matthew 9, verse 16. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach about the old and the new. Now, some of you are already picking which one you like better. That's not what I've come here to do. I want to talk about 
the old and the new. Everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe unlearning something can be harder than learning it for the first time. How about you? I said unlearning something's a whole lot harder, in my opinion, to, than if you've never learned it. We understand that on how easily a child between, say, the ages of two to five picks up on a language, a second language, without any formal teaching. Or even their first language because they're not unlearning something. They say learning usually goes through three states. Number one, in the beginning, you learn the right answers. Secondly, you learn the right questions. And then finally, in the, that last stage, you learn what questions are worth asking. Today, I, I want you to just go with me for a moment to say that many times we struggle between the old and the new. When Jesus came to earth, God in flesh came and walked among us. It resulted in an increased tension between what would be the old covenant and what was to be the new emerging kingdom of God. When Jesus came, there was this struggle between what was to be the old way of doing things and this kingdom of God that was actually fulfilling all of what they were practicing. And so with this backdrop, as you look in Matthew 9 here and just going a few verses prior to my reading, John the Baptist's disciples had noted that Jesus was unlike their master. In fact, when they asked Jesus why his disciples did not fast, Jesus replied that as long as he was physically present with them, they would celebrate, they would feast, they would not fast. He had come not to just patch up or reform some legalistic Judaism and ways of thinking. He had come to bring something new and to fulfill. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. And that newness that we're talking about was salvation that came by grace through faith. And when we look at this passage that we read here this morning, Jesus illustrated this truth by using this example. He said, let's look at it again, verse number 16. Or It says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. He's saying here, nobody cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch up your old work clothes. You want fabrics that will match. I think we understand that image, but it's this second image in, in the next verse that we may need a little background with. He said, neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins, because if they do, they will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Now, you have to understand, in Bible times, wine wasn't kept in a glass bottle. It was kept in a goat skin. 
that was sewn around the edges to form this watertight bag. And so as that fresh grape juice would ferment, of course the wine would expand and the new wineskins would stretch with that. And after the wine had aged, they stretched skin. That stretched skin would burst into new wine if new wine was poured into it. The bottom line was new wine was always poured into new wineskins. Old wineskins was already stretched to capacity by that fermentation. And so if they were going to fill with unfermented wine, it would expand and the old wineskin already stretched to the limit would burst. And so Jesus is using this illustration to give us this bottom line. A used skin already stretched would break. And he was saying this, that Jesus did not come to patch up old religious systems of Judaism with its rules and its traditions. No, if he had done that, then his message would have damaged it. But his purpose was to bring something new. Though it had been prophesied for centuries beforehand. And that new message was the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that the Son of God came to this earth to offer everybody forgiveness of sins. He came to offer reconciliation with God. That's why Paul said to wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. I'm just telling you, that old gospel did not fit into old, rigid, legalistic systems of religion. It needed a fresh start. And by the way, this message is still new because it's got to be accepted and applied to every generation. It's a gospel that has no expiration date. Let me tell you, when we follow Jesus Christ, we've got to be prepared for new ways of living. New ways to look at people. New ways to serve. When we get Jesus, we get a newness of life. What did uh, Paul say in 2 Corinthians 5.17? He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he said he's a new creation. Old has gone and the new has come. When you come to Jesus today, I want you to know that he makes you a new creation. The old things are gone and the new has come. Maybe I could illustrate it this way. There was a London businessman that I read about. He's put on the story of how he was trying to sell some warehouse property. And the building had been empty for months and had needed repairs. And of course, vandals had damaged the doors and smashed the windows and put trash all around the interior. And so a prospective buyer came to see the property. And, and that seller took a lot of pains to say, now, don't worry about those windows. They're broke, I know, but I'll replace them. He said, I'm going to bring in a crew and we're going to correct any structural damage that may be here. And don't worry about that trash everywhere. I'll clean that up as well. And as he went on explaining, this potential buyer said, forget about the repairs. 
That man looked at him. Didn't know what he was talking about. He said, you see, when I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. He said, I don't want the building. I just want the site. I'm here to tell you, compared to the renovation that God has in mind, any effort that you make to improve your life is about as trivial as sweeping a warehouse that's slated for the wrecking ball. I want you to understand, when God comes in your life, this old life is over. He is not interested in making your life better. He wants to make all things new. I think some of us miss the point that he's not trying to improve on your old life. He's going to get rid of it and give you something new, something in the spirit, something that's birthed in the word of God. That's what he's talking about when he makes all things new. Paul said in Romans 6, 4, we were therefore buried with him through what? Through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Let's look at that same passage in the message. Romans 6, 4 says, when we were lowered into the water, it was like a burial of Jesus. When we were raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. I'm telling you, if you're here today and you've not been born again of the water and spirit, if you would understand that our old sinful life is dead and buried. But it doesn't stop there. We get a power. We're raised up to live a life above sin and victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to know there's hope in this house because my Jesus makes all things new. Has he made newness in your life? Has anybody in this house been born again of the water and the spirit? Hallelujah. Praise God. We consciously choose to treat the desires, however, and the temptations of the old nature as being dead. Now hear me. If Jesus brings this newness of life, what I'm trying to tell you, what Jesus was saying is it cannot be conformed into our old ways of thinking. We frustrate this process. You know how we do that? By trying to put the freshness of the new into our old ways of thinking. If you're here today without the Spirit, and if you'll get this message, you're going to save yourself a whole lot of heartache and confusion to know that when this new life comes, and maybe somebody here, you've been coming for a while, and you're saying, I, I, I sense His Spirit. Maybe even somebody has received the Spirit, but you're still struggling with the dynamics of the old and the new. Hear me very clearly today. You cannot stuff Jesus into your old way of thinking. I said you cannot put 
put Jesus and your experience with him into your old way of living. Life with Jesus is new and exciting. The Bible says his mercies are new and fresh every morning. And Jesus wants to fill us. He wants to expand our personalities. He wants us to be reshaped into who he is. And when Jesus comes, he is the one with all power. And when he comes into your life, we are privileged to open ourselves up into a newness of life. I'm trying to help you because after we receive that new nature, how many can relate to an attitude or an action that pops up? You say, where did that come from? I'm going to try to help some folks that revert to habits in which you were previously set free. Because you've got to have the touch of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no way that we can live for God and make it to heaven without this born again experience. But in addition to this spirit filled life, I'm just saying you've got to align your attitudes and your actions to him. And we create. Somebody said one time that, you know, habits uh, is something you can do without thinking. That's why we have so many of them. And if I could clearly, by the help of the Lord, talk to us today to help us understand that God cannot put new wine into old cracked bottles. If you want new opportunities to come to your life, then you've got to forgive everything in your past and get rid of the old containers in your life. I've thought about it. How often can we relate to a fresh wine of the Holy Spirit that comes into our life, but the next day we're frustrated with failures and we're not an overcomer? I'm telling you, you cannot put new and fresh wine into old forms, into old skins, into old attitudes, into old habits. You cannot put the freshness of God into old wines skins all of this newness of the holy ghost hallelujah when it gets placed into your life if if you don't put it into new wine skins when it expands you're going to explode you're going to blow up you've got to put fresh wine into a fresh way of thinking and when you get that fresh spirit in the right container, not an old one, not a new one. Let me tell you something. Something starts happening. I don't get just the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, but I've got something that can contain it and it can grow with it. You know what the problem with many of us is? We try to fight spiritual battles with carnal weapons. I thought that was good. I wish I was out there listening to that. I said we try to fight spiritual battles, the new, with carnal weapons, the old. Stop the pattern of self-destruction. When you get cues, I've seen folks that you get angry. And you know what? Sometimes anger, anger can be a cue for spiritual warfare. Jesus got angry and kind of cleaned up the temple. 
You can get a spiritual cue, but then you take it and you start fighting with carnal weapons. I'm getting mad at the evil and sin that's there, so I'll pick up the phone and gossip about the sinner. That's trying to fight a spiritual battle with a carnal weapon. I'm just telling you that God has you poised for something incredible. And, and, and it's not able to be experienced except through the Spirit. But when that happens, I want you to put it into a new attitude. I want you to put the, the new with the new. That's why some people wonder why do I experience the spirit renewing over and over yet so many old ways and habits have not changed because the newness is being placed into old forms, old ways of thinking, old practices. Is this making sense? I hope it is because I'm not looking for a place to preach. And I was driving here to God help us that somewhere we can impact this congregation. He knows more than you and I. And somebody here could be set free from the things. It's not the Holy Ghost is not the problem. The power of God is not the problem. Fresh oil and fresh wine is not the problem. Jesus just said you can't put it into old containers. Maybe this will help you. Told Brother Maude, I didn't plan on sweating this much. I've got it as an illustration. Now, my wife and I have been married, I guess in June it will be 26 years, but it was close to about 18 years of marriage when I'm going to tell you this story. Uh, 18 years, so that's long enough you ought to create some kind of habit and get it, right? And so, uh, <laughs> so as the story goes, I was trying to help her out and I was mindlessly folding hand towels as I was multitasking. And I, and I just kind of did this. Sorry. See, I'm already confused. I did this right here. And I looked at that, and I thought, you know, something's not right about this. And I, I tried to figure it out. And at that moment, it dawned on me why I was confused. Because I said, now, this is not the way she likes it. This is not the way she does it. And I realized, wait a minute, this is the way my mother folds hand towels. After 18 years, I should have known. Hoping I know now. <laughs> this is the way she does it. I'm not asking for a vote. <laughs> After 18 years of marriage, what was done for years, I temporarily returned to. Anybody home? And I got to thinking about it. I thought, now wait a minute. Why did that happen? Well, the first thing I can offer to you is it was a subconscious result instead of an intentional act. It was a subconscious result instead of an intentional act. I was mindlessly instead of intentionally 
I'll take a nod, an amen, anything you're getting out of this, okay? I don't need this. I can preach to a library. But I'm wanting you to understand. And here's the second thing I got to thinking about. It had been quite a while since I'd folded towels. I was out of practice. When you're out of practice, you revert to old habits. Hallelujah. Just trying to help some of you that's going to feel the Holy Spirit tonight. You're going to run the aisles. And then you are. I, when I was coming here today, I said, Lord, you know my weakness is better than everybody, than anybody else. And Lord, you understand there's times I want it right, but I struggle with some things. And hear me today. There's somebody in this house that needs to hear the word of the Lord. That you have to, you cannot put the newness of the Spirit into the old ways of thinking. He wants to renovate our mind and our thoughts today so that when that new wine comes it'll last and expand because we've got it in the right attitudes and the right actions in our spirit oh somebody lift your hands right now somebody talk to the Lord right now hallelujah in the name of Jesus I want you to pray this God will set us free if we understand the truth of his word right now let's go a little farther with that open your mouth right now and say Jesus help me to receive what the spirit is saying to me as a church right now in the name of Jesus 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 hallelujah Hallelujah, what I subconsciously did was because I was not intentionally sowing into this spiritual warfare and this fellowship of his spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If I could, I know I've been talking conceptually, but let me give you some practical things that you could actually do. You can get ready to write it down. You can listen again. But I'm going to do some numbers one, two, three, four. What can I do if I'm in this matter? Number one, you can embrace the new rather than resisting it. I said number one, you can embrace the new rather than resist it. Those that are new in Jesus, if we've got some new disciples of the Lord here in this house. Let me tell you right now, there's a lot of new things that happen. And those of us been around need not forget that. You get a lot of new friends, a new way of thinking, a lot of new things are going on. And you know what? All of that can be overwhelming. But instead of resisting it, learn to embrace it and all that it has. I found out when I came to Jesus that you know what? That, that when people come to Jesus, there's sometimes even, there's, there's a space or gap in time where I have to acclimate myself. But not just for new believers. I'm saying to all of us that's around here today, there are things he wants to show us in the spirit and our less can resist that. The best thing you can do to put new wine into new wineskins is embrace the new rather than resist it. I told our church a few weeks ago, we've been having church Sunday mornings for years. Now it's two o'clock. Some like it, some don't. But you just got to embrace it. You got to embrace it. Figure out something new to do. Have a big breakfast in the morning, but quit fussing and embrace it. Now, y'all can make your own applications of how that needs to happen around here. 
Number two, practice the new faithfully. I said practice the new faithfully. Don't come in like a weekend warrior and fold towels every 10 years. Practice the new. You need to learn that the newness that is within us has got to be prayed and practiced in our life. And if you're finding yourself into some old ways of thinking, I challenge you to ask yourself, have you been in the spirit? Have you been practicing faithfully that well of salvation he's put in you? Number three, be accountable to someone about the old. Oh, some of us got that practice in the new down, but we don't want, we don't want to deal with number three, and that is to be accountable to someone about the old. Well, you can either say amen or, does that make sense? Because see, I don't want to talk to you about my old and all that stuff that's there, but let me tell you something. I have thought about this. When it was, uh, gotta make sure I get my Bible characters right. When Achan went into Jericho with all the others to fight the battle, you remember what God said in Jericho? You're not to take any spoil. You're not to take anything. Now, every other place of, of, of conquest, they could take it. I love God's first fruits principle, don't you? Jericho, you're not going to touch because it's mine. Achan went in and he saw silver, gold, and a Babylonian garment. And he took it and he ended up, it cost he and his family's life and even his brothers lost the battle of Ai. But here's what I want to preach. I wonder what would have happened if Achan, when he went in, would have tapped a brother soldier on the shoulder and say, that silver is looking good. I'm telling you right now. Oh, some of us don't want to be accountable about the old way of thinking because I'm afraid of what you're going to think about me. I tell our people. I want you to come and talk about your struggles. I'd much rather talk about your struggles and deal with this old way of thinking than not be accountable and not confess it and end up being a spiritual casualty. If you want new wine, then talk about the old to somebody else. God, give us a baptism of being open. And when they talk about it, keep it confidential. Help that brother and sister. Let's pick them up. Let's bear the burden. But let's talk about our old. I don't know why I'm staying here. But I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. So much secret stuff is available to us now. We can interact and it doesn't even feel personal. And we can clear our history on our devices. But oh, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to you. God help us to be accountable to the old. I get it why we don't do it. Because somewhere we think we can handle it. Somewhere we think that oh, well you know, I I don't know what they're going to think about me. I can remember many, many years ago. One of my brothers in the gospel made a mistake and could have been restored. It didn't happen. 
But I thought when I was with him just a few months before that, if you could have only had the courage to be accountable for the old. What do you do about the old and the new? Number one, you embrace the new rather than resist it. Number two, you practice the new faithfully. Number three, be accountable to someone about the old. And finally, number four, count yourself to be dead and count yourself to be alive. Maybe the scripture will help you. Romans 6.11 Likewise, you also reckon Now, that's not Brother Mont talking. That's not Southern talking. Hear me. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. That means count it to be so. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The New Living says, so you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. The message says this, from now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on to every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. You can call me crazy or you can call me full of faith, but I believe in one Sunday morning that you walked in the door. You can leave this door, the same door with a spirit of revelation that says, I'm going to receive his power, but this time it's going to work because I'm going to take the steps to process the old and the new. Hallelujah. 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 Let's lift our hands again to Jesus in this house right now. Let's lift our hands to Jesus again in this house right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray a few moments here. If you've never been born again of the Spirit, I'm telling you, if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you'll confess your sins, if you'll repent of your sins, hallelujah. I'm willing to be baptized in the only saving name, Jesus. I've been promised his spirit, that that new wine. I've been promised his spirit, hallelujah. But this time, for those that haven't, there's going to be something different that happens. I'm going to put new wine into new wineskins. Are we getting it that how many times we've got to a certain place in the spirit only for that thing to blow up and burst on us? Why? Because we're trying to fit God into our, our old ways of thinking. Unless you be confused, it's not always sinful thinking. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And let me tell you right now, we've got to let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Not any other mind, but Jesus. Not the media's mind. We're going to be filled with ways to think. 
And if we're not careful, we start buying into that. God bless America. I love America. But let me tell you, this this rugged individualism, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps that we champion as America, I find in my Bible, without me, you can do nothing. And so what I'm saying is it's not always sinful. I think you ought to be a good steward. I think you ought to take initiative. Thank God for entrepreneurs. But let me tell you right now, I cannot let the world's mindset get into my relationship with God. Because if we do, what happens is we have another conference, we have another level in the spirit, only to burst in a matter of time because we're not putting it into the new, fresh word of God, but our old thinking. This is bigger than today. Maybe you need to talk about it in your care groups. Maybe you need to talk about it over Panera Bread. Maybe you need to talk about what does this look like for me? Where have I been? Where have I been caught up into some old ideas instead of what the Spirit says? Years ago, when the Western United States was being settled, Roads were often just wagon tracks. And those rough trails posed serious problems for those who journeyed on them. And the story goes that on one of those winding paths, there was posted a sign that read, Avoid this rut, or you'll be in it for the next 25 miles. So here today, some did not avoid that rut, and you have found yourself in an undefined battle for the last proverbial 25 years, until you came to the house of God on this day, and I'm telling you, your answer is you're trying to put the new, fresh things of God into your old carnal fleshly containers but we're not picking or choosing how it has to be I can have his fresh wine and it can last into my ways of thinking that are based on biblical values am I challenged every day yes I am we're in this world but we don't have to be of this world I wonder right now if you're comfortable with it, if it's appropriate for you, if you take the hand of the person next to you or put your hand on their shoulder. You're a guest, a member. I'm being sensitive to what's appropriate and what you're comfortable with, but I wish to God we could right now pray for one another. If there's some Aikens in the room, I'm trying to give you courage and save your life. Let's talk about the old. Let's be accountable to it. Let's embrace the new. Let's practice it faithfully. Let's count ourselves as dead. That when those things come, that's my old man. That's not the way I am any longer. Jesus isn't improving on a better you. He is replacing you with a new creation. Would you pray for somebody next to you? 
I said, please, please pray. The Spirit may reveal to you. Maybe it won't. But right now, pray for somebody. Pray for your husband, your wife. Pray for your friends and your neighbors and your spouses. Pray for your children in this house right now. Oh, God, give us, Lord Jesus, the right biblical perspective of the dynamics of the new and the old. In the name of Jesus, change us into your image from glory to glory. Hallelujah. I want to look in the mirror and I want to become more like you. That's it in the name of Jesus. That's it. Let the walls come down. Let his Holy Spirit talk to you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost fall. In the name of the Lord. Come on. That's it. Pray in the Spirit. If you're a guest with us, Put your faith in Jesus. Repent of your sins right now. Lay aside that old way of thinking. God's going to give you a power that will be greater than what you've ever experienced in your life. That's it. That's it. Can we keep praying and take it another step and stand all over this building? Keep praying for your brother or sister. But let's take it another step and stand, if you're able, across this building and keep praying for one another right now in the name of Jesus 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 if you're here without the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you know someone next to you that wants to be born again come down with them right now and pray the first call is for those that want that fresh wine The first call is for those that want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you get your friend or your neighbor and say, I'll go with you to pray right now. I'll go pray with you right now. I want to be changed. I'm tired of the old way of life. Come on, church. God's not through yet. That's it. Keep praying. Keep praying. In the name of Jesus, I come against the lies of the enemy. I plead the blood over the minds of these good people. I release the spirit of revelation that we shall stand if we put new wine into new bottles. All right, those of you that want to make sure The spirit you have remains in a new way of thinking, in a biblical way of thinking. I'm inviting you to come and pray. So in other words, this entire church, the entire front is open for those that want to seek God. Walk the aisles. Come to the front. Kneel where you are. Do something. But let's respond to the Holy Spirit that's in this house God is saving us if we'll just open up our spirit are you praying are you praying are you coming are you ministering to someone make it intentional quit mindlessly going through your life quit getting subconscious results when you can get intentional Come on, you've got to practice His presence. You've got to practice His presence. 
That's it, church. All across this house, from the back to the front. Let's not stop praying. Let's pray for one another. Let's seek the will of God. All across this house. In the name of Jesus. Altars open. I invite you to come down. Give your life to God. Whatever it is that you're carrying, give it to God in Jesus' name. We're going to stay right here for a minute. Let's not be in a rush. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of your hands and make this your prayer.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing this chorus once or twice more, but you're free to go when you're done. But I'm just going to ask that you slip out quietly. Some are still praying. There's an awesome presence of God, a sweet spirit of the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. Just slip out. We're going to continue to worship. Let the Spirit of God minister. In Jesus' name.